0: Hello and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on his bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy-turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, our study continues on the topic of perspective shift. We'll be focusing on Acts chapter 8, verses 32 through 40. Let's dig in. As we come to the chapter of Acts, we are seeing the very... Beginning of the gospel, which is a word that means the good news of Jesus Christ, being spread throughout the countryside as persecution and suffering begins. Many of you understand what it means to be um, persecuted or to suffer in some way for your belief systems. Maybe your belief system that you have suffered or been persecuted for, maybe it was or wasn't Christianity. Uh, Many of us are persecuted because of our belief systems for many different types of beliefs and and values that we hold, sometimes by our families, sometimes by our friends, sometimes by our co-workers. But in this study what we're talking about is obviously those belief systems that intertwine with faith and with spirituality when we come to today's part two we are jumping into the story of an ethiopian who has traveled all the way to jerusalem to worship which means that this ethiopian was an outsider Not only was he an outsider, but he's also a eunuch, which means that his body, his genitals have been mutilated, in fact, even removed before adolescence in order to create a a person who is not really fully male because he never went through adolescence, but also is not fully female because... He's somewhere in between, and and this was a fairly common practice, especially for those families who wanted their children to to work with royalty, because it was very advantageous for there to be men who were not fully men in the genital category to be able to be employed, because they could be trusted with. With the harem and and could be trusted if there was a queen, and this was the situation in Ethiopia in those days. Could be trusted to be around the queen and and not take advantage of her. And so, uh, for people of great power and people of royalty, eunuchs were were very desirable. That people had mutilated themselves or had been mutilated in that way. So this Ethiopian is traveling back to home out of Jerusalem, and God sends Philip. Philip runs over to the chariot that the Ethiopian is riding in, and here's the man reading from the prophet Isaiah from a scroll, from the what we would call the Old Testament. Philip asks, do you understand what you are reading? And the man replies, how can I understand this stuff unless someone instructs me? Maybe, maybe you've said the same thing when you were reading Isaiah, reading in the Old Testament or the Bible somewhere. I know that I have said the same thing oftentimes. How can I understand what is in here unless somebody is going to help me understand it? So that is a statement that all of us can resonate with. The key is is finding the right person sometimes to, to help you understand it. So he urges Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. Now, we spoke yesterday how that was a, um, was a life-altering and future-changing choice for Philip as to whether or not to be seen with this eunuch, whether or not to get into the chariot, whether or not to engage. These are things that Philip may have been judged for because this person is a different color. This person is a outsider and alien and not resonant this person uh, is of questionable gender uh, they've been mutilated which meant that they weren't even really allowed to worship within the temple so when he goes to worship in jerusalem he's not even allowed full access on the basis of what we understand about the laws and the customs from the old testament uh, and so philip well Philip has a decision to make whether or not to get into the chariot. So the passage of Scripture, now the story tells us, before it tells us what Philip does, the passage of Scripture that the eunuch had been reading was this from Isaiah. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, well, I put this graphic in in the wrong place, didn't I? We'll come back to that. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was mutilated, humiliated, I mean, and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? And so the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself, or was the prophet talking about someone else. Now, did you listen to this passage as it was coming up? He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and his lamb, silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And then you can ask, Philip, was he talking, the prophet, about himself? Was he talking about someone else? Why Why does it tell us the passage that he was reading? I think that it tells us the passage that he was reading because what the eunuch finds here, what the eunuch finds here is resonance within himself and his own story. This passage in the Old Testament is often identified as the passage of the suffering servant. This is the passage where we identify and resonate with who Isaiah and what Isaiah writes about here also seems to indicate a very strong relationship between the journey of Jesus as well. Jesus who is a servant and Jesus who suffers throughout life, even to the point of death, as a servant, the suffering servant. The eunuch, he knew a lot about suffering servanthood. He was designed since before he had remembrance to be a servant. In fact, his family mutilated his body so that it would be advantageous for him to be a servant. And imagine the suffering that he went through being different, having no penis, having no ability to to procreate, not being able to to be fully male or fully female. And the suffering and derision that would have come along with that, the eunuch has lived a lifetime, not just of servanthood, but the eunuch has lived a lifetime of humiliation and suffering. And maybe perhaps for the first time, in the story of Jesus, he finds resonance. For the first time in this passage in Isaiah, he finds resonance. And Philip is, is going to, to connect those dots, hopefully, between Jesus and the humiliation and suffering that he went through. This passage in Isaiah, written about a suffering servant, and the story of the Ethiopian so beginning with this same scripture philip tells him the good news about jesus and this is where this is where i want to for a moment reflect on on this idea what philip is doing here is cross cultural engagement what philip is doing here is is interacting and crossing boundaries and barriers that his fellow countrymen would probably not have approved of. And certainly we know from the story up to now in the book of Acts, that his fellow followers of Jesus may have found questionable as well as his interaction with this, for lack of a better word, truly queer, different individual somebody who is an outsider to Judaism, to an outsider to Jerusalem and Israel, and, and someone who is who is a different ethnicity from far away, an alien. Oftentimes what happens is we will go far to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to be a missionary, to take this message to a foreign country on on a week long trip or on a two week trip and then then we'll come back home and yet the cross cultural engagement in our backyards we not only avoid but we subvert we resist we like that barrier and that boundary you stay where you are and where you live with your customs and with your traditions. I will stay where I am, where I live, with my customs and with my traditions. I'm not going to move into your space. You don't live, move into my space. And if they do, what happens? Oftentimes all hell breaks loose. We refer to those individuals as illegal Immigrants, illegal refugees, people from across the tracks, the other side of the city. You know, there are no illegal immigrants in the kingdom of God. There are no unauthorized people. In the kingdom of God, the entire kingdom of God is a place of refuge, and we will be standing for eternity, shoulder to shoulder, with people from across the tracks and the other side of the city. People from Jerusalem will be standing shoulder to shoulder with people from Ethiopia. Maybe look at it through a different lens. People from Ethiopia will be standing shoulder to shoulder with people from Jerusalem. It may be that the Ethiopians get the raw end of the deal. And it may well be that those people that, that you would rather not rub shoulder to shoulder with cross-culturally in your nation, in your community, in your backyard, it may well be that they're the Ethiopian. Or it may well be that you're the Ethiopian in the story. Either way, cross-cultural engagement is not only a necessity in the kingdom of God, but it is a requirement in the kingdom of God. So beginning with this same scripture, Philip tells him the good news. The word there is the gospel about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water and he says, look, there's some water. Why why can't I be baptized? And I love this. There's no, There's no temple. There's no synagogue, there's no baptismal, there's no rites that are being read in the moment, no, no magic words of incantation that are being pronounced over top of it. We're not even certain that, clerk, that Philip had all the clerical degrees and confirmations that perhaps are required today for somebody to baptize somebody else. So what is Philip to do? Does he have the right, the ability to do this in this moment? The Ethiopian orders the carriage to stop and they went down to the water and Philip baptizes him. And when they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord says, Philip, you're done and snatches Philip away. His work, his work has been finished in this moment. And. Perhaps the work that has been finished in this moment isn't so much that the Ethiopian has come to a faith or an understanding of Jesus Christ. Perhaps the more important work that has been done in this moment is the change in Philip. It's the fact that Philip now understands what it means to allow everyone into the kingdom of God. That the suffering servants who he keeps at arm's distance each and every day are people who not only need God, but whom he is required to build the bridge between. There are so many parallels to us today. So often we think with our nationalistic or our politicized or socioeconomic mindset when it comes to things in the spirit world and God says no to Philip and God says no to me and God says no to you when we think those ways primarily and first. This story is here not because of the salvation of the Ethiopian, this story is here because of the salvation of Philip. Philip leaves in that moment not because the Ethiopian has learned everything that he needs to know, But because Philip has learned everything that he needs to know in order to spread the good news of the gospel to other people and other places to whom need it, and to whom Philip otherwise may not have gone, had he not made the connection between the suffering servant in Scripture and the suffering servant in front of his face. I heard a story the other day, and these stories are are multiplied by the thousands of of somebody who, whose theology told them that a gay person was not able to worship and follow the Spirit of God, that they were wrong, that they were broken, that they were outside of the kingdom. And when they finally came into contact with somebody who was close to them, who was gay, they rejected them. They heard the story of someone who had been humiliated, a suffering servant, and another child of God, and they didn't get in the carriage with them. They couldn't get into the carriage with them because their theology said, you have less worth until you change to what I perceive God will accept. And that was a life-altering and future-altering decision. Maybe for both of them, but certainly for the person who called themselves a follower of Jesus Christ. They wouldn't get into the carriage. Philip does. Philip sets everything else aside and decides that the good news that he has to share about somebody else who was humiliated and who suffered was more important than anything else. This eunuch couldn't change anything about their story or who they were physically. They were what they were. Philip chose not to care and this story is in scripture not because of the salvation of the Ethiopian but this story is in scripture because of the salvation of Philip. Philip is the one who changes. Philip is the reason why this story is here, and that's why God snatches him away, because Philip has changed. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself further north of the town of Azatos, and he preached the good news there, and in every town along the way, until he came to Caesarea. It continues to follow Philip's story here, because Philip is allowed to continue, because he chose well. Irenaeus writing in the second century says that he, meaning the eunuch, becomes a missionary to the Ethiopians. We don't know from Scripture. We never hear of the eunuch again, but in the second century, Irenaeus tells us that this eunuch, because of Philip's work and obedience, does great things for the kingdom. And it's not hard to imagine that being the case, we would assume after the story that the Ethiopian does incredible things for the kingdom of God when he realizes there is another suffering servant who loves him and cares for him and has fully accepted him. And maybe, maybe that's the thing that you need to hear today is you are fully accepted. You are completely loved. You are worthy of God, and you are worthy of love, not just from the world and culture, but from Christianity as well. And if you have been humiliated, if you have suffered, if you have served with little or nothing in return, you find a great comrade and brother and Lord in Jesus who understands what you're going through and loves you as you are. This Bible study on Perspective Shift is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission that's simple to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. And when you get over to christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I want to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ table, their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our conversation on perspective shift. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well. www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you until next time. I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.